We are live here on Renters Radio. I am your host, Lauren Pespiza. Uh, Sitting here with Evan George. Hello, hello. How's it going? Fantastic as always. We're running a little late, which I apologize for. Um, But we have a special guest in studio today. A good friend of ours from Austin Brighton to talk about all things Austin Brighton. Um, uh, Met him when I was actually volunteering with his campaign. You've probably seen him on The Young Jerks. He didn't win, but he kind of won because now he's helping out. Um, so without further ado, let's go into it. Lee, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you for having me. Um, thank you for allowing me to come in this wonderful arena. How do you like it? I like it a lot. Nice. <laughs> Definitely the most comfortable environment I've ever done an interview in. Yeah, it's pretty laid back. Yeah, yeah. And now, Lee, did you know that you're the reason that Lauren and I met? Is this like a dramatic story or something? Like, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, Not dramatic. It was very dramatic. You, you, you were the uh, the gateway, the bridge. The gateway that, that then formed yeah. this dynamic duo. Oh, cool. cool. Yeah, really we actually, yeah, no, it, we actually met, um, well, we met like, we met a bunch of times before that, but I didn't remember you. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, we uh we met at Lee's campaign party, which I call a congratulations party because he also announced he was going to be a father. But it was the primary election party um, where we were drinking because our candidate lost. But um, we also decided, hey, why not do a I, podcast? I drink ginger ale, by the way. Right. Uh, no. <laughs> Kept it very professional. <laughs> Me and Evan did not, but he did. So we met there, and that's where the whole idea for Renters Radio came. Cool. Right yeah. on. I mean, it's more like you told me you want to do a radio show, and then I kind of just begged you to let me talk about politics. Yeah, I kind of just wrote, I'm like, I need a co-host here. I'm going to rope you in. Um, all right, so that happened. Um, yeah, I will invite you. Sorry, I'm getting all the social media stuff together. We're a little delayed today because we have all kinds of fancy new technology in the studio. Yeah, I want to see myself on the TV. What what are we going to do that? That way I can look at myself, not just on my computer screen when I zoom in on my face. I can now look up left and see myself again. Just get me in three different angles. No problem. No, you're doing great. Thank you, Herb. All right, Herb's the man. Okay, so let's go into a little bit more background besides my kind of scattering background about, you know, where... You started coming from in Austin Brighton and what you're doing now. Um, I'm pretty happy about what you're going to be doing soon. But uh, when did you, you, you ran this cycle and didn't win the primary. But Mm -hmm. then uh, one thing that we all love to see was you putting your full support behind Liz Breedon, who ended up winning. Um, And, but when did you start getting involved in the like Austin stuff? Because you're not from there originally. No, um, so originally I'm from St. Louis. Um, I spent a lot of my life in like North County part of the uh, St. Louis area, places like Florissant, Ferguson, uh, and then also spent my uh, high school years in the South City. Uh, I went to a military school down there. Um, I I came into Boston because I met a woman in 2008 uh playing uh video games (laughs) uh we were playing this game that was based off of that old nbc show heroes it was a facebook application called heroes uh my hero's ability and i met like hundreds of people from all around the world and almost like 30 of them i've met in real life in different parts of the world like 
I've met some of them in Chicago, New York City, Indonesia, all kinds of places. Uh, and I met her. Um, and we were we when we met, I was 18 and she was 16, and we were just friends for a couple years. And this is like 2008, right? And then 2010, uh, the summer in between both of our uh, junior and sophomore year, she was a uh, undergrad at BU, and I was a uh, undergrad at the small uh, uh, school in Kansas called Ottawa University. And we called ourselves liking each other and stuff, even though we had never met. Aww. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, about six months after we called ourselves dating, I came up to Boston for the first time. And the first place I went to was Alston. Uh, I went to Packard's Corner. He took me to Packard's Corner. And we went to this uh, Chinese food place called Victoria Seafood. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> had some fried veal. And then the next place we went to was uh, Cambridge. Uh, we went to this place called Border Cafe. Uh, and so, yeah, like, I like Boston a lot. And I like her a lot, of course. Uh, so <laughs> I decided to move up here in uh, 2015 after I went to grad school. And I've been here since. Wait, is this your wife? Yeah, it's my wife. Okay, cool. Just wanna, <laughs> well, it's like, I, I then I broke so. up and that doesn't even matter. But yeah, yeah. then I met my wife. Let me tell you this whole romantic story <laughs> yeah. about this other woman. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I knew right then she was the one to me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but now nah, things worked out. I met somebody else. Yeah, yeah. right, right. Awesome. No, that's pretty cool. And so you've been living in Alston kind of since. And then you started to do all this campaign. Uh, you've been involved with the Citizens for Juvenile Justice. Yep. And now you are, well, not yet, but you're going to be the policy director. Yep. For uh, um, city council elect Liz Braydon, who is represents my district in Austin Brighton, District 9, mm-hmm. and I guess writing all the policy for her. Yeah, yeah, mix of things. Like, I'm also going to do a lot of housing related items. That's exactly. Uh, like, there's so much zoning and development happening in Austin Brighton in the city in general. Uh, and when I was running for office, uh, I definitely want to work on increasing our affordable housing stock. Um, I want a lot. I want developers to be more accountable to the community's needs when it comes to affordable housing, especially on raising the IDP rate. Like even the twenty percent that a lot of folks focus on, I think is a little low. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, <laughs> would you mind explaining uh, for the audience what IDP is? Okay, inclusionary development uh, percentage, and it, it essentially means there's a certain percentage of any major projects in Boston, if it be ten units or more. They go to affordable housing. So if you get 10 units, at least one of them has to be an affordable unit that is based off of the area's medium income, which is the the whole city's uh, income, which isn't that, which isn't very low if it's at 100% AMI, but if it's at a certain percentage of AMI, it can be more affordable for folks because the 100% area AMI is 79k. You have to make around 79K, and then the minimum you can make is like around 62, <laughs> which is a lot for a lot of people. Like, I, I, I've never made more than 51K in my life. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you were actually right at the median of Austin Brighton. So the yeah. average, the, the median income at Austin Brighton is 51,000. Yeah. And that's a little lower than the rest of the the city. Um, yeah, from whatever. especially our, our neighbors in Michigan, well, not Michigan, uh, Beacon Hill. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> A little bit lower than them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like one of the, it seems like one of the last like holdouts of places where you can find something affordable. Though those units might not be affordable. Yeah. Um, we good? All right. <laughs> Let's make it sure. Um, so uh, 
the so the units in all these new developments going on uh, mm-hmm. going up are going to be there's seventeen percent is what the standard is for how many have to be affordable. No, no, only thirteen percent have to be affordable. Thirteen percent. Yeah, in Boston. In Boston. Uh, in Cambridge and Somerville, it's different. Uh, they have a different zoning right now. They're at around twenty percent in Cambridge and Somerville, and it varies also like on the size of the projects because Somerville and Cambridge don't have they don't have as many um as massive projects, right? Uh, but they still have you know some decent units coming in here and there, right? And I mean that seems like a pretty low number to me. Yeah. Uh, given and in fact, that seems like a pretty low or pretty high income mm-hmm. that you would need to, uh, you know, I guess qualify for these affordable units. Yeah. So I mean, there's that to me. That's a joke. Affordable housing. <laughs> like, okay, we can fight for as many of those as we want. I still can't afford it, right? Yeah. So what do we do about that? So we have to increase the stock as a whole, um, and we also have to work on lowering the AMI, like we can say, okay, we're going to give you 30% affordable. Uh, instead of the 13%, we'll give you 30%, but they're all 100% AMI. So they're all at 79K, right? which is still unaffordable for a lot of people. Or we can give you, say like 20% of them are affordable units, but the AMI is 50%, which means around like 40, 50-ish K or so of your of someone's income, they can afford it. Okay. Does that ever happen? It happens on occasion, but it's not very common. Right. Uh, because developer costs in Boston apparently are very high. Uh, <laughs> because a lot of places in Boston, they also have to purchase the land. The land itself is the most expensive part. Uh, and there are some projects where we... we we'll we'll go into we'll <laughs> where, that's not, that later, where yeah. that's not the case. Yeah. But the land itself is like one of the most expensive things because there's it's a it's a scarcity in places like Austin Brighton actually have the ability to purchase land. Right. Uh, and other places like Roxbury and some parts of Dorchester, Mattapan, there is some land available that right now is sort of being poached. Not sort of, it's definitely being poached up by developers on the prospect of uh, building on. Right. So, um, actually, I guess one of the one of the news stories, you know, we should just probably get right into it about Austin Brighton mm-hmm. is uh, the Austin Yards project. Yeah, that got approved. Um, a lot of people uh, in your campaign or people, mutual friends of ours had issues with it because not only did it not meet what it could have for mm-hmm. affordable housing requirements, but they rushed it. Oh, yeah. um, people say they don't rush it because how long was that planning process going on? How many years, like two years or yeah, a little bit under three. A little bit under three years, but they kind of just sped up the approval date, I guess, and everyone yeah. felt like they weren't heard. Mm-hmm. Um, does that happen a lot? You seen? I've seen. I've seen worse. Yeah, yeah, right, <laughs> right, right. People were up in arms, but it was sort of like yeah, they wanted to get done. Though I heard they didn't actually pay that much for that land. Oh no! See, so the land that this particular project is on, this land was purchased, I believe, in the eighties or nineties by Stop and Shop. And the land itself increased in significant value because the Boston Landing Station, that New Balance built, they invested all the money into the new the Boston Landing Station. Of course, that increased the the um, the value of the land that Stop and Shop had. They didn't put any money in it at all. And so now, because they have such a valuable piece of real estate, they're like, hey, let's build 868 units as well as an office space on this property and because of that 
they're essentially going to make a significant profit without having to purchase the land, which is the main cost. And they still didn't even do 20% affordability that people in Austin Brighton wanted. So it's basically going to be like all profit. For the most part. Once yeah. it's built. And, and so what just for the audience, we're talking about the Austin Yards project. I believe the address is 60 Everett Street. Um, I used to work right around the corner, right over the bridge. I live right around the corner. And basically this was just a stop and shop strip mall complex mm -hmm. 10 years ago, even five years ago. But this whole area is coming up. We've seen a lot of luxury developments like um, the Lantera, yeah. the, uh, there's a few others there. Yeah, um, there's the, the Boston Celtics and the Bruins uh, practice yeah. arenas are right there. Right. The New Balance headquarters right there. Yeah. Also, our old radio station was right there. WEMF and the mm -hmm. Sound Museum uh, had a space there on North Beacon Street for quite a while. Oh, and WGBH so, is there, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Guest Street, all that, all that stuff. So it's right near there. But that area was like a lot of storage units, a lot mm -hmm. of kind of, I guess you could say underutilized. But it's also in the middle of a lot of stuff. Yeah. So they're building a bunch of parking, too, which people are upset about. Yeah. Um, what would you have liked to see them do different? Um, oh, there's a long list. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So I don't, I think there's too much office parking. This is since we just, you just mentioned parking They're They're proposing 500 parking spots for the office space alone, which if you have Boston landing right there, I think that should decrease the number of spots that you need. And so in that small area, if you've been over in that area, there's Everett street and there's market street that you can turn on from there. And also North beacon, right? There's already a lot of congestion in that area. And so we're, we're pretty much essentially saying we're going to bring in over 500 additional cars pretty much every day to this to that area of town once that office building is built. So, yeah, those roads can't support that. No. And it's not like so Boston Landing is great because, you know, that accounts for the commuters that are living outside of the city. Yeah. Right. That's great. But for commuters inside the city, there isn't really a like a, a MBT, like a subway station there. Mm -hmm. There isn't really the teeth there either like you have to make quite a walk to go hit up the green line or hit a bus yeah, or yeah. something so i mean are they going to do anything about that yeah so in their final proposal uh there were some additional concessions made one of them is increasing uh investments uh 2.5 million dollar investment in mbta's ability to have more 64 buses come there and the 64 bus goes all the way to like central square uh i think central and maybe kendall square um, and they'll have the bus come from there to, to, uh, the Boston landing station. Okay. And so they're, they're going to increase that. Yeah. Um, and then we're trying to work on a shuttle, I believe Austin Brighton, oh, we're trying to, well, this is like a separate project, but they're trying, we're trying to work on an Austin Brighton shuttle, um, that allows folks to go from like the green line and be around, be able to go all around Austin Brighton, uh, to different areas from the shuttle. That'd be nice. Uh, yeah, it'd be. I don't have any like buses that are that close to me. Yeah, you know, yeah. where I live in Brighton, I live pretty close to there, so I would like that. You know, I might actually take it. Um, so it'd be good to see. But I mean, if you know, depending on what kind of do you, does anyone know what kind of offices are going there? What kind of? Oh, it's their it's their headquarters. Like it's gonna be it's gonna be like a stop and shop headquarters. Oh, and ironically, <laughs> Stop and Shop was like on strike last year. Yep. And we all went out to support the Stop and Shop workers strike. Mm -hmm. I remember going to the picket lines in Austin Brighton. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. you know, they, I guess they finally conceded and everything. And now they go and do this. Oh, yeah. This is already <laughs> planned. This is already yeah. planned. And, uh, yeah. This actually paused that a little bit. 
like they they tried to bring they tried to have like some IAG meetings when the strike was going on and you know like neighborhood groups were like nah you need to handle that <laughs> <laughs> man that strike just should have gone on longer and like made it about this yeah <laughs> or just like yeah. free housing for the stop and shop workers exactly. I don't know. <laughs> whatever so um had you know much about like some of the other stuff going on in alston right now in terms of development like this is kind of we're kind of at a point where uh, we can't do too much about alston yards right yeah it's uh it's approved now like yeah. like just to go over a few more highlights or sometimes some lowlights from the project uh there we were able to increase the community fund that goes towards home ownership opportunities uh from two million to four million and this is so like folks can afford uh, down payments to potentially have condos or other homes available in this project or also around the city, all, around Austin Brighton. Okay. Um, I think right now they're debating on if this money goes to the Brighton Health Marine Center to allocate, which, which it's a whole thing. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I know they, they built a housing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they built a bunch of housing. Yeah, I'm right too. next door to that right. uh, project and they built like around like 100 units for uh, veterans, affordable okay. units too, oh, workforce cool. housing, affordable units. It's a, it's a really good project. Nice. I've definitely been a part of it though. Nice, nice. <laughs> so it's, uh, you've been watching it out your window. Yeah, yeah. every day. Um, well, I mean, that's good if it's affordable for, mm -hmm. you know, veterans and stuff like that. I like that. But so it's going to, it's $4 million now. Yeah, it's $4 million. Not $2 million. million. Dollars. Yep. And it's over a period of 10 years that they're going to allocate that money. Um, yeah, it's going to be allocated over over uh 10 years the four million there also uh there was a public petition uh from activists in the community to have the green space or the park area of alston yards named after rita hester an alston resident who was killed in the uh, the model cafe in 98 um and so they actually acknowledged that in their um their uh their BPDA uh, board meeting right. like proposal that this is something that they would consider doing, naming the park after. Right. I think I believe what a friend of ours launched that petition. Yeah. Um, and we both signed it around Thanksgiving. I remember mm -hmm. that. That was Rita Hester. Yep. Right. A, a trans or like some sort of LGBT yeah, trans community woman. member that got mm -hmm. murdered. Um, which is great to name a green space uh, after a member of the community like that. But yep. I don't. I've never seen the green space. I don't know. Hope it's nice. Well, it hasn't been built yet. <laughs> yeah, it hasn't been built yet. I don't know. Um, you know, uh, it doesn't really... It's nice, but that's an easy thing for them to do. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's an easy way for them to say, oh, we named it after your buddy in the community. So, mm. you know, like, we're good now, right? Like, that doesn't... Yeah. I'm not super satisfied with that. Yeah, I like that they did it. I know mm. you signed it. I know I signed it. Like, yeah. I'm actually, like, the third name on that I signed that early, <laughs> nice. but yeah, I, I was, I was going through the documents uh -huh. today. I was like, Oh, I'm reading some of the signatures on there and just all the paperwork. Um, but a lot of people, it seemed like, so from what I read, a lot of people also supported this. Mm -hmm. I don't know if they, how much they supported it, but there was a lot of people that wanted this to happen and, yeah, you yeah. know, sent letters of support. Uh, I noticed they were mailers with signatures mm -hmm. as opposed to the well-worded emails that you sent out. Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't think they had time to read any of it. <clears throat> no, um, I believe it was around like a 400 page plus proposal came out uh, late October. Yeah. Um, and there still were a lot of conflicts. Like this was, the project originally was proposed to be over a thousand units and ended up being 868. Okay. Um, the tallest building part of this particular project was going to be around like 21 stories or so, which is over the 
actual limit that we have in the area that we're zoned for in the area right um there's like a whole bunch of like variances which if folks on variances are pretty much okay okay so originally variances on a development project were meant to be something that a developer really can't get around because of the 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 area of the building right. or <laughs> some just infrastructure issue they're really most projects now are just the developer doesn't care about the zoning code and they want to do whatever they want and bpda is like okay <laughs> so as variance is like a get get out of this rule free card just, yeah, yeah i'm taking a variance on yeah. it and you're gonna, you okay yeah like uh, uh you know what i'd rather have an extra room so i can charge three thousand dollars more instead of having green space there right so i'm gonna ignore your front yard uh level variance right just add that room and i see yeah (laughs) so um so yeah this project got approved as is i guess there were some concessions but i mean they don't really i so my film doesn't really help me i don't think it really helps you oh no i've been bending my cap in frustration but (laughs) i just don't feel like the homeownership thing Uh is great if you want to own a home yeah doesn't really help poor people like me rent Mm-hmm. a nicer place or have access like i'm never going to see the inside of this place no, no, no. that's what i think every time i see these buildings go up is i'm never going to see the inside of that i've been meaning to ask you do you want to do a open house tour of lantero with me one time oh let's do it i'm trying to, you remember Vanique from from the campaign yeah yeah i've been talking to him about doing that because we, we used to make jokes about lantero being i live right empty. there i've yeah <laughs> is it empty because he says all the housing is empty like that for the non-AD people, what development are you talking about? It's is- another, um, well, this is a luxury development. Yeah, this is, this is where, like, a lot of Celtics and Bruins players, like, chill at during during the spring or, or oh. like, their practice. I've seen time. Maseratis parked out there. Yeah, like, this is, like, legitimately luxury, luxury. Ah. It's, like, right up the street from my house, too, yeah. and I've walked by it. Um, It's got a couple, like, a pizza place. Like, there's a couple. There's that railway, yeah. the, the New Balance Guys restaurant that's actually surprisingly decent. But it's, like, $30 for macaroni and cheese. Yeah. So... Actually, the macaroni and cheese isn't bad, but there's not that much of it. Did it's you $30. pay $30 for macaroni and cheese? No, I made somebody else pay for $30 <laughs> of my mac and cheese. All right, that's fine. Oh. As long as you hustled somebody. Yeah, to somebody that. took me out for that. I don't pay for that. I would have been very disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> It was bacon mac and cheese, okay? Yeah, that's half a, a week of groceries. I know. Well, I don't go grocery shopping. I just go on dates and get uh, mac and cheese. Get that expensive that's, mac that, and cheese. Yeah, that's how I feed myself. I just get people to take me out. Um, it works. But uh, yeah, I would love to go in there because I've never actually been in one of these luxury units. Mm. I think I've been in the Victor. Oh, where's that? Up in uh, North End, right oh, across yeah. from the TD Garden. Uh-huh. I, I had a friend that like had a place there for a couple months that I, it was completely empty of furniture. It was kind of yeah, funny, yeah. but uh, it was like up at the top and he's like, you can see everything. But mm-hmm. I'd never been in any other luxury unit in Austin Brighton. I would love to see the inside of these places. Yeah. Um, and maybe Squad. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't nobody there. <laughs> yeah, can I, just, can I just come here to use your bathroom? I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, we should definitely do that. Uh, so this this sauvage shop, they're not going to be that nice, though, right? I mean, nice. Like the units, like it's not. Oh, do we oh. know what the pricing on it is? Oh, they. they... It's going to be ugly. Yeah, it's it, it's not going to be cheap at all. Yeah, like, this is like the the non affordable units are going to be pretty pretty luxury. And the building's ugly. Yeah, oh, yeah. Have you seen it? It's a monstrosity. Yeah, it's almost City Hall bad. (laughs) It's brutalist. It's completely brutalist. Um, If you go to the BPDA website or just type in Austin Yards in, like, Google Images, you'll get all kinds of crazy, like, 
strange, futuristic in a bad way results. Uh, and I don't know anything else on Austin Yards, or let's go to what else we can fight in Austin. Um, yeah, it's um, it's a mess. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no wait, did you say they're still trying to get a variance for the hype? Uh no, I think they're done with they're done with all that. Okay, because I, I learned something today that like an old. Trump did it for his Trump Towers in New York was you purposely create a horribly looking model mm-hmm. of if you let me build it at this size, here's what it will, it will look like. And it's such an eyesore in the community that then they'll allow you to then um, get a waiver on the variant. So then you can build what you, what you want. That's literally how he designed Trump Towers. So the first thing when you started mentioning how ugly uh-huh. it is and you started mentioning, oh, but they want to make it taller. I'm like, oh, I know that trick. <laughs> oh, that <laughs> is the oldest that. trick in the book then. Um, Yikes. Uh, and then a fun, well, not funny, but an interesting thing, like, if you do make it taller, what I've heard from some, some folks is it's cheaper material-wise for them to make it taller, but they're going to charge more for those upper floors anyway, so. <laughs> I don't know why they would charge more for upper floors, because. Well, it's like, you know, like, amazing view. Like, you, if you're up 21 stories, you can see anything. <laughs> you can see the whole pike from here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's going to be beautiful. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if you have a pike. Yeah. And, uh... <laughs> I can see the spotlight off the McDonald's on Soldier's Field Road, yeah. beautifully shining in my room, in my window. Oh my god, yeah. I just, IHOP, yeah. Yeah, I can see IHOP, yeah. Like I mean, I, I I don't know how maybe if you can see the Charles, maybe. Yeah, yeah. But it's we're not really a view. Disclaimer, Austin Brighton is a beautiful neighborhood. It is I there like but not that highway. Not that highway, <laughs> not that area. I mean, maybe if we got some more public art along yeah, the side yeah. of it, um, it might make the view a little nicer. Um Yeah, it's Austin. I'm all for more murals. Yeah, definitely. More murals, but not like corporate murals. Yeah. Just yeah, like yeah let our friends make murals exactly don't get them in trouble for it i would like to see that um, um last thoughts just on this project uh-huh. so according to the globe that there's still some city approvals that i have to go through before this development is like 100 percent okay oh wow i'm hoping we can because as you were mentioning before the amount of affordable housing and now i'm saying affordable is truly affordable mm-hmm. meaning actually hits the median income of ab is a pathetic number that'll probably be if they're allowing what is it 15 percent this project so, is affordable so but they, by their definition of yeah, yeah they decided they were able to raise it up to 17 no, in all the buildings um 17 percent with their standard of what affordable means yeah pretty much like it, it i think they're all be like most of them will be 100 percent ami i have to look into it more so don't quote me if somebody's like fact checking right now but most of them be 100 percent ami and originally before we were able to get it up they were they were uh going to say the first building would be only 13 and then the second building that they would build would be the office space. And then the third building is when they'll start doing the 17% affordability throughout the rest of the project. And that's, we don't even know what fit, when that would actually happen though, the third building, because, you know, there's a chance of a recession coming in and that might pretty much delay their ability to even build that building. And at the time, it wasn't anything set in stone for them to actually do the 17% affordability. So it's all like we're going on the yeah. the grace of their words. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, okay. I have uh, two quick points on that. If you yep. have a second one, it's what you just said. Mm-hmm. It gave me so much. Um, the second is that uh, newly elected city council member Liz Brearden, yep. she opposes this. Both of Austin Brighton state representatives oppose this. This faced a lot of community pressure and people not wanting this. And yet the BBDA voted unanimously to approve it. Yep. 
can you, because we haven't, and uh, Juan mm-hmm. and I were discussing this, definitely doing a longer episode about the DPDA. I know Michelle Wu wants to abolish it. I know that's something that community groups that I'm a part of have been talking about for years. Mm-hmm. Very quickly, what's with the DPDA? Why is it that they're approving <laughs> things that our state representatives and the members of the community are saying we don't want it, yet it gets approved? Just, can you give us a 60 seconds on, oh. <laughs> on just because like this is what confuses like everyday people, they think we uh-huh. elect people and the people that we elect make the decisions. Yeah. And yet we have state representatives here are saying we don't want this. People mm-hmm. in the community are saying we don't want it. And yet we have this other entity that votes unanimously for it, gives stop and shop, whatever this development is going to be. Can you go into the 60 seconds? All right. The BPDA has more control over housing than your city council or state rep or any elected official except for the mayor himself. Uh, the BPDA... Uh, can set the variances, they approve everything, they can pretty much ignore parts of the process. There are projects that can actually skip neighborhood associations getting voted on and go to the ZBA and the BPDA and get approval in some cases. There are also neighborhood associate. there are some neighborhood groups and that can still ignore all the comments and vote on these projects. Like the BAIA voted for this project even though a lot of neighborhoods were neighborhood citizens were against the project. And also our current city councilor voted for the project. Um, I guess as a last parting, parting gift. Oh, CMO. Yeah. that Yeah. <laughs> um, which went against what the, the elect, the councilor elect, as well as the two state reps wanted. Um, and this isn't me like pointing out like, Oh, he's a bad person or anything like that. It's mostly like there are different ideologies on the concept of what makes best development or what's best practices. And sometimes folks, groups like that, feel that they are doing what's best for the community. And they just feel like the community might be misinformed about the topic area. Yeah, yeah that's the problem. <laughs> yeah. Is, is it, we don't know enough. Yeah, and that's what the BPD, BPDA mm-hmm. is essentially saying. We're doing this for your own good. Uh. <laughs> that's the whole concept of the BPDA. Because if community is led to be able to control the development process itself even more, like really legitimately control the projects, probably nothing would get built. (laughs) (laughs) And that's, in some cases, that's the reality. Because there are places where some communities have a lot more control over zoning, where nothing is built. Think of Brookline. There is a building in Brookline and Brighton that they share the border on. Yeah, I'm not defending the BPDA at all, but you know what I'm talking about. I know about. the building you're talking yeah, about. It's like, yeah, it's like ten floors on the Boston <laughs> end, but it's only zoned for two floors on the right. Brookline end because it's on the border of Brookline and Brighton. Right. And I can understand where there's an issue right there. Like, oh, <laughs> that's bad. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Brookline's its own world. Yeah, it's a whole different world. Yeah. Actually, that's a bad comparison. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was uh, deciding whether or not I was gonna like take a swing at what you just said. <laughs> but I do know that building. I've walked by it many times. I forget what street it's on, but I know which one you're talking about. Um, so, I mean, I know that, you know, like we were saying, like abolishing the BDPA comes up and different uh, things like, you know, what, I, I mean, honestly, while I was looking into this project and like getting all mad about different projects, mm-hmm. I also really liked their website. 
Oh, Austin Yards website? No, the BDPA website. Oh, they got cool. They got maps. <laughs> they got like timelines. They got like all the information. Mm-hmm. Like it's really like uh, it's interactive. It's interactive. Yeah, yeah, you can you can look at like old <laughs> atlases <laughs> overlaid of like just like real maps. So like <laughs> I'm sorry. Hey, can we just we can hey, get... evil things can be pretty. <laughs> yeah, like I just I just want to say like if whatever happens, can we keep this kind of like functionality in the website yeah, yeah. because it, it's actually pretty good That's hey the, if we abolish it we still want that website yeah design. let's just like <laughs> abolish it and redistribute the website i'll yeah. just like learn it and be the developer for it if mm-hmm. i have to because i think it's actually a pretty well done site um that i i appreciate a lot of the a lot of the features of yeah so one good thing I want to say, that's where I got to find all these ugly pictures of Austin Yards <laughs> and get to go through every single commentary on every single project and like see the names of the people that like wrote letters like, oh, you supported that? Mm-hmm. You know, like I, it was, it, it, there's 3D data and maps. So yeah, I don't know. Just putting it out there. If we have to do something about the BDPA, let's just try to keep a site as good as theirs. Because mm-hmm. it's been actually, I think that most people just don't go to it. Yeah. You know, like if more people went to it, they'd see that the BBDA is a great organization yeah. that has their best interests at heart. No, we'll, we'll, we'll just hire whoever that web developer was yeah. to uh, do whatever new community groups we're going to have formed. BPDA sucks. Yeah. The BPDA. Okay. <laughs> I said it, Lena uh, didn't have to. Absolutely okay. No, um, Reform or abolish the BPDA. Okay. And the Definitely reforms behind. have to be pretty heavy. It has to be heavy. It has to be it, democratic. Yeah, it has to be extremely democratic. Like, if you're just ignoring the... Like, this, there's too much... Like, 70% of the revenue of Boston comes from property taxes, essentially. So these mean, this means we're paying for this stuff. Right. And you can call us ignorant, or you cannot believe that communities should have as much input as they should in development, but they should definitely have their voices heard seriously. And to have all these people at meetings every night in Alston Brain, especially, we have so much going on and to have their voices ignored and for people to be like, Oh, it's okay. This is the process. This is how we do things here. Like there are people on certain, certain, Okay, I'm not going to go into that. But there are some uh, questionable things with certain leadership in certain areas that will make you wonder if this process is legitimate or not. Right. Yeah. I, and I mean, we can bring it up. Um, yeah. <laughs> I definitely want to, I, I think, want to get you on like some other things. Yeah, but yeah. like the BBDA, they had like, a scandal recently with bribery. Mm-hmm. We don't even need to approach that. Yeah, it's the, like... <laughs> but uh, something you just said that I definitely want to highlight and address is that most of how local cities, our, the budgets are formed, are through property taxes. Yep. And that puts everyone in a bind, because then if, even if you can have the best intentions at heart, you think, okay, we have to approve this development, because then it's going to increase the amount of uh, tax revenue we get, so then we can do better things. Mm-hmm. However, what ends up happening is that the people that are currently living there will not get to get those benefits because they will be gentrified and priced yeah. out of the community. And that is the contrast. So when somebody, and uh, I wish I clipped it, but Marty Walsh, he like explicitly said, you know, sometimes you have to do what's good for the people. Sometimes you have to do what's good for the city. And what he was doing in his mind was splitting the people who currently live there. But then who could we benefit in the future from tax revenue later on? Yep. The people in the city. And that's split. It's like he doesn't want the people in the city yeah, to be there anymore. Because they view it as two different things. Yeah. And so what you're saying is a reality that lawmakers have to face. I mean, I'm sure... Um, Liz is going to have to like make those type of decisions. I know it is very hard because you need the money to do certain things. So, yeah. but 
Yeah, I know Liz has the best. Uh, she she definitely has what's best for the community at heart, mm-hmm. and that's mostly what I'll say on that topic. Yeah. Oh no, I definitely she, I agree she, with that. I yeah. agree with that. She definitely does. There's a reason that we endorsed her, supported her. So I mean, I just hope that you know it's District Nine, right? I don't know mm-hmm. how much that you know uh, can. Do you have the same vote as everybody else at large in the city council, right? District uh, Nine city councilors. Yeah. Okay, so it's just. Uh, so yeah, same type of power. So hopefully that will help. Yeah, some of the uh, large people also sometimes weigh in on these projects. Yeah, like, there was a project at Forty Eight Alston uh, that they were trying to do two townhouses and six condos in the back. And I don't know if you've been on Alston Street ever, but it's like this terribly small road. Yeah, it's tiny. Yeah, and so <laughs> um, like Flaherty weighed in on this. Uh, Anisa Sabi George attended the uh, and. Um, Michelle Wu also sent a uh, one of her aides to the um, the meeting. Like, at large, people sometimes weigh in on particular projects, even if they're like okay. smaller, like eight units. That's good. And so, um, real quickly before we get onto other stuff, which will be great, but um, what else is going on in Austin Brain? What other developments are we fighting? Oh, <laughs> just like a no. quick list. I, uh, I linked the B. I bet I linked BostonPlans.org so people can look at the ugly. Oh, Swiss Bakers. Let's get. Oh, <laughs> I never been there. Well, okay, Swiss Bakers. So this is what happened. This is what I know for Swiss Bakers. Since Harvard is not a government agency by any means, I can definitely go in on them. Um, so about a about a month and a half ago. Uh, there's this there's this monthly meeting called the Harvard Coffee Hour where community members will essentially talk to the community liaison from Harvard to Alston, Brighton. And we'd have these discussions once a month uh, on a Thursday in the morning, coffee hour. They pay for the donuts and coffee, and then they talk to us and stuff. And I've been attending that for like the last year, <laughs> year plus. I, didn't, I wasn't able to go uh, a couple weeks ago when they had it. Uh, I had to do something else. And folks showed up to Swiss Bakers because it's always at Swiss Bakers. When they got there, <coughs> it was locked and closed. It closed down that day without any warning. And people got there and they're like, what the hell? And so a month before that, we uh, a community member and I had actually talked to the owner of Swiss Bakers because he always came around and said hi at the uh, coffee hour. But we talked to him a little bit after and he told us that there was a major issue occurring where his profits were getting hit significantly. And part of it was due to the construction that was going around them by Harvard. Harvard is also their landlord. He had asked Harvard for a rent decrease. And Harvard had gave him a small, small, min- min- minimum decrease, but it still wasn't enough for them to be sustainable. Now, there are other issues that I am unaware of, but that is what I know from his mouth of how Harvard didn't really help them enough in a situation that Harvard was partly to blame for because the construction around them was due to Harvard. Right. So they are closed down forever now? Uh, That, from as far as I know, yes. Okay, because that happened when um, Papa Gino's went bankrupt, too, Mm. was people showed up to work. And they don't have a job anymore. That's that store's closed. The doors are locked. Um, and you know, I don't know how many others. Is this just one guy's store? No, no, no. It's uh, it had like four locations. Okay, like, like I haven't a, like been there, so I wasn't yeah. sure. It's just like a like local the Austin chain. one's like the main one. Yeah. Um, 
It's the Laura Alston ones, like it's like real close to the Trader Joe's Harbor College. Yeah, so I've seen it. Geography. You you probably won't be able to see it right now because like covered. That's true. They uh, yeah they have a, they have a few different places going up around there too. Yeah. So and there's a there's one in North End and I think maybe one in Harvard Square or something. No, not Harvard Square. Somewhere else. Yeah. Somewhere yeah. So the rent decrease didn't really help, and everything's yeah. kind of been screwing with this business. That's too bad. They'll probably just put something there. Yeah, and <laughs> Harvard and then, will. And Harvard in general, of course, they you know bought up most all heart bought bought up most of Austin through. Uh, very secretive means over the years and like had people selling them the property uh, when they thought they were selling it to like a regular person or some other company. Right. So when we, that sounds when, illegal. Uh, it's not if you're Harvard. <laughs> no, it, it's strangely not like I've heard so many stories about that, that like, um, I, I don't know specifically Harvard, but like banks, because if, you know, say if you're an older family, you want to sell your house, you want to move or retire somewhere, but you want another family to move in. Yeah. And like, that's like that game is priority. These companies will hire people to pose as like, oh, we just want to start a new family. We, we want to grow up here. Like we want to do the notches on the door. They sell it to that person. The next day they flip it for like a $1 mm. difference and they sell it to a bank. They sell it to Harvard. And th that's what these institutions do. Yep. Wait, that sounds like a pretty easy job. Yeah, if you're evil, you know how easy it is to make money if like you just have morals and care. Yeah, I yeah. guess so. Like, but yeah, go con. Where like, do they find these people? Probably on Craigslist. Harvard. Okay. Um, no. Harvard. Yeah. I, I mean, just I'm kidding. I love ex, all my friends at Harvard. It's extra credit. I love all the people on strike right now. Yeah. Yes, we do too. Oh yeah. Yeah. Shout out to the strike. Yeah. Yeah, they're still out there, huh? Yeah. Do we have any updates on that? We do. Let me. I'll, I'll quickly. Okay. No, no. I'll quickly pivot to that. So Harvard got in trouble recently. So I mean, for everyone, if you're watching mm -hmm. this, you're familiar with this. The Harvard Graduate Student Union they went on strike officially December third, fighting for um, third-party arbitration for sexual harassment suits, fighting for increases in their health benefits and increase in pay. They've been on uh, strike since de December third, and I guess something Harvard did, which is a big no-no, and they broke the law recently. This is coming from, oddly enough, their own student uh, reporting. So good job, the Crimson uh, kids. And what they basically tried to do was get people to agree to stop the strike in the spring. Basically saying, hey, can you sign on to this now, confirming that you'll be working? So I'm uh, just reading you now from the report from four days ago. Harvard may have illegally asked some hiring managers to confirm with pr prospective teaching staff, whether they plan to begin teaching on time next semester, potentially making their employment contingent on a promise not to remain on the strike, even if a contract is not yet reached. Which, according to labor laws, because Harvard Graduate Students Union, they're a little bit in limbo, but they're part of the uh, United Automobile Workers, you can't do. You can't ask people who are on strike, oh, hey, can you right now pledge that you're going to stop in a few weeks and because we just want that on paper to confirm? That's a big no-no. So hopefully, I mean, they won't, because we live in this country, but it's an open violation of the law. So they are still striking, and I know they still need people to walk the picket. Their big request is for early morning to stop the shipments, because if you're standing in front of, like, the new deliveries, the truckers, they won't cross the picket line. Mm -hmm. but like they need to see bodies there and then the truck will give you a little doo -doo, right. thumbs up and they'll right. just keep going but they need people to staff so i know uh, dsa has been trying to get people to show up to that early morning 
just Google around for the specific location. But if you're an early riser, you want to put in your effort. Or a really late partier and just yeah. want to walk home and do a oh, good deed on. on your way back. It, like how many undergrads? <laughs> like six or five thirty a.m. Just yeah. pass out in front of the front of the delivery. There's entry. no excuse for like any undergrad who goes to Harvard right now. Like, come on, you should be partying all night, and your night just just lay down in front of where the trucks will go. That counts. I mean, yeah. All right, let me disclaimer: be safe. Don't yeah, lie down safe. in front of traffic. Yeah. Please don't hurt yourself. But uh, definitely support them. So f Harvard. Very quickly. Um, to talk about the recent Harvard development that happened is they just won another 14 acres in Alton Brighton, as you were just saying. Yep. They've been buying up properties all over the place. And I loved your comment on small businesses because you have two DSA members sitting here right now, mm-hmm. maybe one day a third. Wait. And... Oh, yeah, you're a DSA. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. But this absolutely impacts small business owners. And so I want the socialists to link up with the small business owners because, again, all the speculative housing that jacks up their rents, Mm -hmm. they can't afford it and they close. Like, I'm a fan of small business owners. I mean, I don't really like mini bosses. I'm against that as a concept. But Mm -hmm. everything that we're saying impacts them, too. And we need to start building those coalitions to fight these larger things. And that's definitely a policy area that we're going to be working on. like especially like small business tenant protection rights, uh, because we have there's a, a example that Liz keeps using recently in the, at, near the end of the campaign, but she's still using this example of this place called Teresa's Market, a uh, a, uh, a small grocery store slash restaurant in Oak Square. Um, it's been there a long time, and the owners, um, their rent has been increased from three thousand a month. To five thousand a month with very little notice, and such increases are very common in Austin Brighton. Like we have a lot of open storefronts in Austin Brighton. Just yeah, Googling, just about to try to Google that statistic. Yeah, how many people have been walking around just seeing empty storefronts? This is why. Yeah, when you see that, you know why. <laughs> like there are some pretty decent places that have been pushed out of the neighborhood. Yeah, um, we're not Harvard Square bad, but we're getting close. Someone's going to put a target there, watch. Yeah. That's right. what it'll be. Just we'll get a target. Target yeah. everywhere. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> do people call it target? Is oh, that a thing? Oh, black people do. Um, <laughs> uh, oh. The shout more out, you know. Shout out to them. <laughs> that gave me an eye roll, but if, that, if, that's, what, if that's what you want to do, all props. Um, to stay on the Harvard bashing, uh do does liz or yourself have any plans about addressing the pilot system oh yeah we um so there was actually a a pilot uh a pilot uh coalition they put a and can you very quickly explain what that is to our listeners payment in lieu of taxes which is pretty much nonprofits don't have to pay taxes but major nonprofits that take up a lot of services from cities such as universities hospitals uh some some museums in some cases they pay a small amount, uh, usually around like a quarter of what they would pay for property taxes. They pay to the city into a general fund. And this is what a payment in lieu of taxes is. Um, right now, in 2000, well, in 2012, Menino uh, was able to get the universities uh, to agree, the universities as well as some hospitals to agree to pay into this pilot fund. Um, and they're they're um, 
the major ones such as the big four, BU, BC, Harvard, and uh, Northeastern, uh, they haven't paid their taxes. <laughs> they haven't paid their pilot taxes into the uh, community as much as they said they would, even based on the 2012 rate. And of course, places like Harvard, Northeastern, BU, and BC have definitely bought additional land since then. Their land value has increased since then, so it hasn't been reassessed. And so this is millions and millions of dollars left on the table that the city is not collecting. And this pilot money can go into the general fund and go into so many different programs around the city if we were actually able to get that money. And so the pilot, um, this pilot uh, briefing occurred last week with uh, most of the city councilor elects as well as current city councilors. They all came together and they heard from this action group who spoke about the need for pilot uh, pressure on these universities to pay their pilot payments uh, because the city needs the money, <laughs> obviously. Right. Because as you were saying, they use our services. Yeah. Harvard for seven years in a row has not paid what they promised to pay for the mm -hmm. pilot system. And that is already, as you said, a fraction of what they should be paying yep. because of their property value. $40 billion endowment, and they're not giving the city their money. Yeah. Here's what I want to see happen. Mm -hmm. They do not get to buy any new buildings. They don't get to do any new development with the city until they renegotiate the pilot system and they actually pay what they're using. I don't know if that's legal, but I would agree. <laughs> we, we can we can do it. Okay. <laughs> you just you don't get to keep expanding. You're yeah. all, you're already so now Harvard is going to again not be paying property taxes on mm -hmm. this because they're labeled as a nonprofit or maybe even though they have a forty billion dollar endowment. So you just, yeah. You, yeah, you don't get to keep expanding. Pay your taxes, Harvard. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, that sounds legal to me. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So the issue with these universities, like a, a lot of the reasons why they say they don't have to, well, they don't pay the pilot payments is because they feel that they have community investments that they they do already. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so it doesn't, you know, it it's really like, it's pretty much PR. They like. There's this uh, there's a center called the Harvard Ed Portal in Lower Austin. Right. That Harvard puts money in. They do like programming, ceramics classes, all kinds of stuff for like the community and whatnot. And they feel that investing in projects like that, that have their name attached to it, is better than them just paying it to a fund. Um, oh yeah, the cer but, ceramic classes are much better than paying more, so we can improve the. MTA. Yeah, not not yeah. to knock exactly. ceramics classes, but I'm not sure ceramics are like a basic human right. <laughs> I mean, I think they're great. I love ceramics. No, uh, but make me as many ceramics as you want, but I would kind of rather have like certain other things. <laughs> like even there, are some of the universities like BUBC, they have some scholarships that they're supposed to give out to local young people mm -hmm. they don't actually give them out to as many young people as they're supposed to like they'll have like 10 set aside and they give out like three why exactly Did, does nobody <laughs> apply because like, can i get one Pe like people what? apply they oh. just won't get it <laughs> oh that sucks yeah. and so they say this money is supposed to be for these projects like they're a task force put in place for them to spend the money that they're supposed to do but nothing gets done or small projects might get approved and whatnot. Right. And there's usually only projects that benefit the university as well. Like BC is actually the worst in the city when it comes to paying their pilot. They're, they're like at like 10%. Like it's ridiculous. That's why Newton's suing them, but that's a whole different thing. Uh, <laughs> nice. Yeah. I mean, I, so Harvard, I think pays like 75 to 80% of what they promised to pay, which again is already a fraction of what they should be paying. Yep. 
So we're working with a percentage of a fraction. But all right, interesting. I'll look up more about BC. I just love Bash and Harvard right now. So. <laughs> well, we got BU, BC, and Harvard, so we got to deal with all three. Like, Harvard just sure. owns so much of Austin. It's just like, yeah. <laughs> it's true. Um, yeah, I mean, do, what, what do, you, do you have a plan for that? Oh, <laughs> all right. Easy, Elizabeth. Uh, who's got a plan for this? Yeah, so it's making me mad. I I have plans, but I I have to work them out with the city council okay. elect before I can publicly disclose such plans. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna keep knocking at the door. Believe all the me, stuff I, you can't talk about. Just like, like, what else is going on? Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's some plans. <laughs> good, good. Um, well, actually, kind of on that topic. Uh, um, what are you and Liz excited about tackling for the Boston City Council? What do you feel about the current makeup of the Boston City Council? Do you want to give us a little bit of a preview of what you two are thinking about going forward in 2020? Well, yeah, it's, uh, this is definitely, like like people keep talking about this being the most diverse uh, council of all time. Uh, we have eight women on the council. We have Kim Janey going to be the council president. Um, we have a lot of, it's a, it, it's a it's a different look, and it might be a different look, but we have to make sure it's a whole different um, attitude as well. Which I'm hoping folks like Julia, who I know is like a a fighter, people yeah. like that, Liz, all these kind of folks will be out there fighting um, the good fight for the people all around the city of Boston. Uh, I know Liz is definitely you know like she's been doing she's been a community activist for over 20 years. Um, she she's big on housing environment um but she's a physical therapist so she's big on you know like health health related items as well uh so we're we're definitely going to be focusing on just a lot of social justice related areas with her can with her her time in the council um we're the idp rate is something that we'll definitely be tackling first uh idp rate uh we're trying to get that at least to 20 percent. that's like going to be our number our, one of our number one goals can you fix the medium yeah and also work on the ami yeah <laughs> so, uh, so i was going to ask you uh when you say 20 percent, do you mean 20 percent truly affordable meaning based upon the median income of the area or just 20 percent up from the current 17 uh 20 percent from the current 13 first okay. and then we'll, we'll see if 13. we can get the ami as well like to actually have ami based off of the area town you're in <laughs> yeah that'd be nice yeah, yeah. <laughs> um and there are just so many different areas that, like, like when I look at the different committees, which there's like 15 different committees uh, on the city council, um, we really could like play like the way the council's committees work are a lot different. If anybody knows like state house committees, because state house committees is like a whole serious thing, like where you're gonna get put and mm -hmm. all this. Like you gotta do some backdoor dealing to get on. You gotta this get on committee. that redistricting committee. Yeah, you gotta make Keep sure yourself there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Make sure nobody like cuts you out in your own district. Yeah. <laughs> Make sure DeLeo doesn't throw you in the basement. Yeah. You know, stuff like that. <laughs> he knows. Yeah. He doesn't. DeLeo. <laughs> uh, but but like with the city council, like okay, so the uh, the president of the city council, that person approves who is like the co, either the co-chair or the chair of a committee. But anybody, and they also can prove who's on a committee. But anybody can attend the meetings and they can weigh in on stuff. They just can't vote. If they're not on the committee, um, but there's a lot more freedom on where you like. Like I said, you can attend all the meetings, and most likely you'll be able to get on the committee if you ask for it. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just like the who runs it is a whole. It's more the actual politics in. Um, 
What uh, committees is Liz looking at uh, joining? She's big on the housing, planning, development, also the public transportation, community development, uh, environment. She wants to be the co-chair with Matt O'Malley because uh, Matt O'Malley was actually like back in the day, Bill Linehan or somebody gave, like, gave it to him as like a punishment. <laughs> and, but he loves it. <laughs> Like he's he's the one who got the the plastic uh the plastic uh bag. Wow. Oh wait, wait, what district is he? Matt O'Malley. Six. Six. Okay. Yeah, like I didn't even pay attention to that. Yeah, he's JP West Roxbury. Oh okay. Back of uh, back of something. Yeah. Uh, I forgot what is it back in Michigan. Okay. Something uh, that area. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> um, and so she's hoping to co-chair that with him. Uh, she also is looking at the women, children, and health. Um. Uh, committee which Ayanna Presley actually chaired. Uh, she, I think she pretty much created that one. Cool. Uh, so she's either hoping to chair that or the environmental one. Uh, and she definitely wants, like I was mentioned, the housing and public transportation stuff, and also community preservation. Actually, she's hoping to be on that committee. There's a lot of community to preserve in Brighton, oh, so yeah. <laughs> I would like to. Uh, I guess I'd like to see that. Um, I know that she's she's at everything. Yeah, I see her out there at like the fruit store up the street. <laughs> like Johnny D's like, oh hey. Yeah, she, um, you know she doesn't hide. Yeah. She doesn't hide in a cloakroom. No, she's there, so that's good. Um, she I, doesn't just go to the stockyard. What no. other? Yeah, God, I've been there like <laughs> once. Um, what other committees are there besides those ones? Do you know like that she's not doing? Oh yeah. Just like I'm like, what are the we- weird obscure ones? Just out of curiosity. Oh, obscure. There's the arts, cultural, and events committee, uh, which is like plan. I'm trying to. I feel trying like, to remember the description. It's like the events, like the big events around the city. You help plan those. I feel like Julia be good at that. She's like into media and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. The and then of course there's like the uh, the government uh, operations one. That one's huge because um, they control what actually like when committees actually get to go to <laughs> uh, when ordinance get voted on. Like, oh, okay. So that's just like the admin. <laughs> oh, oh, like they're, the, they're more than an admin. They're the oh. gatekeeper. Oh, yeah. Who's the chair of that one? Uh, Flaherty right now. <laughs> All right. But we don't know who's going to be uh, in the new year. Okay. Um, and then there's also, of course, ways and means, which controls the money. And our, our counselor was the ways and means chair, I think for almost eight years. So okay. He controlled the budget. So it's fun. Um, because there's a lot of debate about the role of the city council. Like we have what's called the mayor strong uh, city. So like Mm -hmm. the mayor gets to have a lot of power. The actual city council members don't get to weigh in on the actual budget in and of itself. They more just kind of pass it. Yes or no. So what, what does the ways and means uh, committee do for the Boston city council? Well, look, so going back to what you just said there, you, they do get the weigh in. Um, We, we, we've heard from counselors that, the way you weigh in is before you go into the process, you need to meet with every single um, like agency within your district and assess what are the needs of your district, such as like it could be small things. Well, they're not small in some cases. Like, do you need a stoplight here? Do you need um, a, a speed bump here or whatnot? And like get the budgeting for that, those items. And then you come to the budget process and be like, hey, these, this is what I want. And I'm going to vote no if you don't get at least some of these passed <laughs> are a part of the process. And some some counselors aren't aware of that at the beginning. Like they had that ability because the mayor wants the budget to be passed with unanimous consent. Mm-hmm. 
And so, which it almost always is every year. Yeah, yeah. I, I would re- I would be very curious to see what was the last time there was one no. Well, it's like in the the I don't I don't think in the final version there's usually any no's yeah. at all. But it's like there there's a process like that's why it's like a three month long process because they they keep going back and you hear uh pretty much uh hearings for from every single department in the city them presenting on their budget why they need such and such and like you learn so much apparently um and i think what helps us this year is we're gonna have more money towards education coming from the state Mm -hmm. um which we've actually been increasing the education budget but we do decrease in certain areas like there's been a lot of school cuts over the years and so I know, like we, we definitely as a as a I know in our office we 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 want to be strong on education, and that's also another committee that she would look at like being a part of in some kind of fashion. She just isn't right. Re- she doesn't feel like she's ready to be like the that's Anissa Sabi George's area for sure. Right. Uh, <laughs> uh, but education is something that we want to make sure it has strong um, support, especially when we have schools like Jackson Man and other schools in Austin Brighton um, that need support financially so yeah good no uh that all sounds great i have nothing but hopes for everything uh liz with especially you helping with policies and be able to do yeah i know i really want the boston city council to really use their power mm-hmm. that's something michelle Wu talked about and i really hope that she does yeah but i'm definitely looking forward to the 2020 2021 year see what you all do I'm sure we'll be here covering you pretty extensively. Oh yeah, and feel free to call us trash. I know. I'm gonna say I'm just gonna give him. Yeah, like, gonna give him a hard time. We're we're the people now. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I'll probably text you first. Yeah, just text me first. Why is this pothole yeah, still in front of my house? No, I don't care. <laughs> no, sometimes it's just like months. It's like, like I know. Kim Janey told us the story of it taking like seven months for her just to get a side, like a a a, a, a street crossing, like you know those the roads. Yeah. Like the crosswalk or whatever, because. Government is slow. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and then sometimes it takes like 18 months just to remove a tree. Yeah. They also and ends up being like a gas leak and they got to tear up the whole road all over again yep. just to fix it on my street or there's like a crazy car accident. So, you know. So, yeah, it, it, it's, it's all a slow process. But yeah. if it's done right, um, it's, it's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> you have the power now. Kind of. Yeah, we got the power, sort of. Yeah. Even though we're in a strong mayor city, we got the power. Well, we can we can fix that at <laughs> yeah. some point. We'll work on that part. And the revision to the city charter. Oh. That's going to be a, a yeah. big thing. But um, so the, uh, the Boston City Council just passed something, uh, I think, last night or the night before. Mm-hmm. Or maybe I'm a few days off. I don't know. I'm, I'm very tired. But the uh, the real estate transfer fee. Yeah. Um, something that I know I was very excited about watching his progress. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you have any thoughts about how uh, it ended up? Just uh, very quickly, for people listening, it's basically going to be a fee of up to 2% on real estate transactions that are greater than $2 million. It's going to raise uh, about $168 million mm-hmm. a year going towards affordable housing. Yeah. Uh, any thoughts on it? I know it was originally, they were hoping for closer to a 6%. They ended up at 2 mm-hmm. They kind of lost. Uh, they're not allowed to do. I think she wanted what's called a flippers fee. Like if you sell it within a certain time window, there's an additional fee. Didn't get that. Mm-hmm. But overall, are you happy with the transaction fee? I think it's a a, a nice compromise. Um, like I don't often say, uh, you know, like I, I definitely wanted the six percent myself. But 
I understand the need for compromise. Um, the issue right now is getting it through the state house. Yes. Um, because even though they passed it, if yeah. you live in a home rule uh, yep. state, that doesn't matter. Yep. And now the state house has to pass it. So uh, it's like a whole, like, it's like, hey, one battle with 13, now you got to go against 200. <laughs> so will it will it get compromised even more? Uh, potentially. Or they have to vote on it as it is now? Because it doesn't sound like that much money to me. Oh, 200 million? Yeah. That's like two a year. It's a decent. It's a decent okay, chunk of change. Like the two percent. Yeah, they I can mean, afford to pay more. Two percent is nothing. Yeah, yeah, it's nothing. Yeah. I don't know. It's. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's a compromise, you know. Um, but I I just wouldn't want to see that get chopped in half again. Yeah, as it so, goes forward until it's like kind of a joke. So our our um is he yours? I don't think he's your state rep. Who's your state rep? Moran. Oh well, my state rep Honan. Yes. Um, He's actually uh, he's the head of housing at the state house for the the house. Um, he's going to be in charge of getting it through. Okay. Um, and I believe he's in support of it, uh, which is good in his current state. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's a strong voice to have in support of that. Yeah, he's been there for quite a while. Yeah, it's also election year, so I'm hoping everybody has some energy to get some yeah. things done. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Keep your seat. Everybody. I ain't just talking about him. I'm talking about everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. make some good changes. That'll be good. Yeah. Absolutely. And yeah. I know um, there's a few <coughs> city council members that voted against it. Frank Baker, uh, Mark Siomo. Um, I'm not going to ask you to weigh in on this, but on the uh -huh. same article, I saw something that was pretty funny. Uh, just reading it. Uh, a quote from my city council uh, representative, Frank Banker. Once a camel is under the tent, it's under the tent. I don't trust the 2%. My only question is, has anyone ever heard of a camel being under a tent? Ew, well, how does a camel be <laughs> in a tent? If you are listening, can you please tell me where that comes from? Yeah, is that even a thing? <laughs> I think he was just trying to like pull out like a rhyme and just kind of... <laughs> I'm gonna have to talk to them. Yeah, like, Listen, you. I, need... I just want to like. It's not even me like being mean or anything. I just want to understand where they came from. Okay. Yeah. Again, I'm not asking like, to weigh in. No, on I'm just curious. Like, that is an interesting metaphor. I I just want to know. What, wow. Why would you choose that language? Because it rhymes. Is he going after a certain vote in the next election? The camel vote. <laughs> Does he have like a a ten company he's trying to pitch? Just what is the end game? He really said that. I'm that's, reading a direct quote that's ridiculous. that I saw last night and that I'm just like, I wrote down, if it comes up, mention this. He's like trying to throw out witty one-liners. Which I'll which like... be talking about in Dorchester. It's the same, yeah, I mean, it's the same game as, uh, oh. as Austin Brighton. It's all housing. Actually, it's all housing all the time. We get a lot of uh, info from our Dorchester resident that I can't really bring on camera, but it, so sitting there. Not only do we have our first guest in studio, but yeah. we have our first, like, We've had a party in here in the background, by the oh, way. Yeah. What is going on, Herb? Herb decided tonight <laughs> was the night to invite all of his friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My one friend. No, you've had more than one no, friend here, Herb. It's been a rotation. Yeah, so, Herb, what's, that, what, what's that development in Dorchester you're always talking about called, you and Oompa? Some of Dot Block? Or what you were telling me about in your neighborhood? Well, I brought up a couple, dude, because there, there, there are quite a few. There's... Um, there is a development going on over at the old Bayside Expo there by UMass. Oh. There is also the old uh, Boston Globe, um, 
Yep. Um, headquarters where they are. What was it? The printing building, whatever it was, with um, Marissa Boulevard. There's also one over there by the Burger King on Don Live that that has has been getting a lot of talk lately too. Mm-hmm. And that is uh. And of- and of course South Bay just went through that, and they're probably going to add another uh, yeah. 400 units in the South Bay too. I think where the 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 mobile uh, storm is over there, that side by the highway. There's a lot of development going on in uh, the Dot. Yeah, pretty and, cool. And if you, uh, it's pretty cool. We love it. <laughs> Gonna live in one of those condos, aren't yeah. you? Her? Yeah. <laughs> Saving and, up now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You live in Dorchester. You want to join the fight? Dorchester and office sale. Normally have meetings third Thursday of every month. I think we might take a break because this upcoming Thursday is like two days after Christmas. Ah. We'll be back in January. Come on, be real dedicated. 27th. Yeah. yeah. Hey. I, I got to work on the 27th, so. I originally had a meeting planned for December 25th because it's like every other Wednesday or whatever that is. And I told people, y'all want to do it. I'll do it. <laughs> really? That was, that was more just my way of flexing, just to oh, yeah. show my dedication. I probably would have passed. Eat that Chinese food together. <laughs> um, all right. It's 10-17. All right. How are we feeling? I was going to say, because sometimes we take a break. I have some MBTA stuff, but we can always get into that next week. I'm going to let the uh, All right. the host decide. All right. So um, let's see. I got a couple things. What else do I have? I don't know. I was talking about Allison Yards a lot. That's mostly what I was thinking about today. Um, I don't know. I got a couple. Actually, so here's the thing that made me happy. Uh-oh. Doesn't really have to do. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Doesn't really have to do with Lee, but you're gonna love it because I'm scared. I know I've been doing the landlord horror story every week, uh-huh. and like actually finding them for my friends. DSA, unknown to me, I didn't tell them to do this. They are not my personal army. Put out a great hashtag landlord horror story like this week. So I don't have to do any work no more. Yeah. I just get to go on Twitter and pick the best ones. And, and also think, for the record, I had nothing to do with this. So shout out, I'm going to assume the housing working group or the housing yeah, I think folks. it was. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, here's a couple of fun ones that I came up with that are either relatable or ridiculous. And, you know, they're in tweet form. So we got some small bites here. Yeah. Um, at Kyra Martin, discovered bed bugs and fleas a couple months into moving to a new apartment. Spent the night in the hospital and $25,000 due to cellulitis. No, $2,500 bill due to cellulitis from a bed bug or flea bite. Landlord didn't do anything about them the entire year we were there. Ugh. That's kind of an icky one. That's off. We also got, uh, we also got <laughs> at Sugarblind, 16 years old, black mold in my bedroom closet next to my bed. Sick all the time. Migraine, URI, general ill health. Landlord did nothing. Then I accidentally burned the place down, so I guess in a way I solved the problem. Uh-huh. Shout out to you, Sugar Blind. Um, we got another one. You know, it's common enough that it barely even qualifies, but see, everyone's seen their landlord try to fix black mold with a fresh coat of paint. Um, we all know how that is. <laughs> we all seen that. Um, here's another one from Colby Rourke. Piss started pouring through the light fixtures in the bathroom of our Chicago apartment. Oh. Called the landlords multiple times the following days after putting towels everywhere to catch the piss, and they never responded. Eventually, it stopped. You know, that's terrifying. Uh, I just, you know, you wouldn't, that sounds like an, an, uh, the plumbing nightmare that, mm-hmm. I don't know, that's just, yeah, that's probably my worst nightmare. I don't even really know what black mold's like, but. Uh, no, so. It kills you. Yeah, that'd kill you. Yeah. I guess I would know if I had it, right? Oh, oh, 
Yeah. <laughs> okay, I see it. It's yeah, like, let's hope so. Okay. It's, it's worse than smoking. Okay, okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> You're um, literally breathing in like poisonous fungus. Yeah, that doesn't sound pleasant. Um, you know, I've definitely move, been moving stuff out of the basement and there were some strange bugs that bit me before. I did not yeah. like that, but um, uh, definitely never had urine rain from the ceiling. I thought that only happened on cruise ships. So <laughs> I thought that was a cruise ship problem. Um, Why and, does that happen on cruise ships? Uh, I didn't know like, that happened on cruise ships. Yeah, well, only straight cruises. Like, straight cruises? Yeah, like carnival cruises and stuff. Oh. Like, it's happened and it got stuck in the middle. I don't know, like, if the of the ocean and there was, like, eco matter in the walls and everyone was, it was like, yeah, you can look it up. It happened. It was, like, one of those uh, carnival cruises, but it wasn't, like, the, the gay ones. <laughs> oh, sorry. So all my gay friends can safely go on cruises. I apologize. Okay, so those okay. are more hygienic. Yeah, they're more hygienic, believe it or not. So they just, you know take care of their plumbing better because it only happens on the weird carnival or Norwegian or whatever. I don't think Norwegian. I forget the exact, I think it was carnival. It was down in the Bahamas or something. Allegedly. It was so one of the ones where like old people dance in the commercials. And if you like run a cruise ship company, you can't sue us because it's all speculative. Yeah. And no, it's, it's in the news. You can go look it up the like cruise from hell where there's like yeah. poop in the walls. Shout okay? out Norwegian cruises. Yeah. I just don't remember the brand. If you want to throw me a cruise, so, I will back you. I, I've never had my ceiling rain piss. That would be terrible. The last mm -hmm. one is actually a, a small business one. I own a small restaurant in NYC. 18% mm -hmm. of our sales is rent. 80% of what we pay is home rent and roughly 40% of our employee income is rent. So 40% of our sales goes to a landlord. If we count what our farmers pay, it becomes almost 50%. Uh. So like landlords take everything. Um, I don't know. Those are some of the best ones this week, but. Just think of the name landlord and what that implies. It's a lord. You're the Lord of <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're the Lord of Land. Like I just hate the name. I I know. <laughs> I was actually listening to a um NPR. I was in a lift somewhere the other day, and they were playing us something on NPR, and it was like a landlord's perspective on the time he had to kick out a tenant who had like an alcohol problem or something. But he uh -huh. also, you know, at first I was like, oh, this is a sad story, and then I hear him say that he had a hundred units in his building. Uh, I'm like, you want me to feel bad for this guy? No, my dad had to do something like that back in the day. Yeah, but like a hundred unit building. Yeah, his was two. Yeah, exactly. Like, I really just, I'm sorry. Like, you know, like you're kicking somebody with a problem to the cold and you don't even need the money because you've got 99 more room. Actually, it wasn't even his fault. I think it was Section 8 kicked her out. Okay. Oh, yeah, so yeah. See, your dad's, your dad's cool. We love your dad. Your dad is redeemed. So, but yeah, it's, I'm not really a big fan of them. Does that mean I can right now get you sign on? Uh, you and Liz abolishing private property 2020? Oh, I can't speak for the city council elect Liz. <laughs> I'm joking. I would never I would never ask you to sign on to that yet. I haven't signed any paperwork though, so technically I'm a citizen right now. No. <laughs> if this was the young jerks, I'd start asking you questions about like equality and dispensaries and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But I still am not up to date with what's going on in Austin Brighton for that. I know. It's like, usually frustrating. Yeah. Like I don't know. There's like a. I've been to some of the proposals for certain projects, but I don't know how they're standing right now. Right. Like I know. I know this one guy. He's real cool. This guy named John Liu. Mm -hmm. uh, he owned the two vape shops, the one in Oak Square and the right. one in Cleveland Circle. And he was hoping to change the Cleveland Circle one. He actually bought the Cleveland Circle one to change it into a uh, a pot shop. Like a, yeah. But then the vape ban happened. Right. Right. So I actually got. I, Damn, I gotta follow up with that guy. Yeah, you should see how he's doing. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that just ended the vibe. Yeah, I think it, I think they did yeah. ban. They, they ended the ban, and then it ended. But then, like, pretty much most of their business is gone anyway. Yeah, it's it was, like 
I don't even know what they're selling right now. Yeah, I mean, I think that they, I thought they shut down, but maybe just cigarette vapes or something. Yeah. Oh. And then we also banned menthol cigarettes. Yeah, that was weird. That kind of just happened. Yeah, it was like, hey, let's let's ban Newport. There was supposed to be a pro. <laughs> yeah, there was supposed to be a protest about that. Like my my liquor store guy was like, hey, did you see this? You're into politics, right? I'm like, wow can't get to that yeah. but that's weird and random we, we banned the most black cigarettes. yeah it's kind of racist <laughs> it's like literally the most the, the favorite cigarette of oh like, oh i'm sorry friends at the state house i'm supposed to not say that my bad <laughs> you know what you did listen it's also the I know cigarette it's bad for you i don't want it either, it's the but. cigarette of choice in rehab too yeah. so think of all these girls that's all they got mm-hmm. just got a rehab need their new ports yeah, because that's that's also you know i think the most common commonly chosen cigarettes so i hate them though but I mean, we really haven't gone into those bands. I find the whole thing like bizarre and very hard to follow. It came out of nowhere to me. Yeah, and like, and I know um, um, Baker was saying like, "Oh, I'm really surprised." It was such like a flack you. to it, and like I thought other states were going to follow my lead. Yeah, it. it Nobody and, did. I mean, I will always look at things materially, and I'm just like, "There's so much money right now in the vape industry." Like, yeah, it just and like banning uh, menthol cigarettes and all that like it very bizarre and i that, i i can't i can't trace the, the purpose or reasons of that yeah it's like i'm sure new hampshire cigarette dealers are like oh sweet yeah man, thanks yeah <laughs> just just like just like all the uh all the weed shops up in right. maine i'm still i'm still not on the clock uh for this whole city council thing yet this is this is an extension of the drug war let's be completely transparent folks the, no, no, uh, I agree cigarette with that. thing, the Newports. Yeah, why, dude? Isn't like most nicotine grown in America, or at least the popular one? Yeah. So why would they be attacking cigarettes? Why one brand? Yeah, one flavor. Only the menthols. How why how widespread is this attack? Is is this, is this only a Massachusetts thing? Yeah, Massachusetts. Yes. Yeah, we're we're completely like by who, ourselves who, on this. Who came up with that? Like, who decided to just do? It just seems like who pushed that out of nowhere one day. Let me turn on my mic. Like, okay, we do recognize it is a, it is a health issue, of course. People again can't, you know, a lot, you know. But the has it the number of smokers actually decreased? I'm one of the last. That's, last like, that's of us. something I heard. I, I'm a, a, um, I'm a frequent cigarette smoker, dude. So mm-hmm. like, um, for years I've heard that, uh, you know, it's just something when you, um. It's such a stigma against cigarettes, too. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of funny, dude. So it's like, um, it's not a stigma because it's like very unhealthy. But like, uh, uh, that's what I heard over the years is that uh, cigarette smoking is actually going down, dude. It's not as popular as it used to be. Yeah. Oh, yeah. it's absolutely not. I can't even just have automatic friends anymore because no one else smokes. Everyone well, you know what? They, they banned Newports and no one started a riot. So. Yeah, yeah. Right. That's true. Because if this, yeah, this so would have happened in 95. You're right. They would have huh? burned down Boston if this yeah, happened in dude, like, like, are you kidding me? Well, I don't know. Well, I mean, we, we I do that at sports games. Yeah, yeah. I can see it happening, dude. Yeah. So, like, you know what, dude? They banned menthols, dude, and nobody fucking burned down the building, so I guess it doesn't matter. Yeah. Probably the way it fucking all works out. Eventually, it's just fucking go out of style. And no Stop one's swearing my radio show. Oh, excuse me. Sorry. That goes to Raiden. I mean, it, it's just odd because like it's missing out on millions, if not tens of millions of dollars in terms of tax of revenue going. that, that, that yeah. you get from taking cigarettes. Just settle for another cigarette brand. Uh, it, it just, uh, it's, it, it's bizarre how that happened. I would love for more investigative journalism to look into. Hey, Young Jerks, that. do it. 
Yeah, get into that. Cares. That's your that's your um, specialty. However, we have some um, Renters Radio researchers listening. Oh, wow. okay. so somebody responded to the call. What does it mean to have a camel under the tent? No way. <laughs> not, not camel. Oh, what is All it? All right. So the the origin. Apparently, an old Arabian fable where a camel, after poking his nose into a tent, was allowed in to seek warmth. Then, as camels are stubborn, wouldn't leave. The phrase has a few forms. The camel's nose is in the tent, is under the tent, is under the tent too far. Basically meaning that once you allow a camel into your house, into your tent, it may never leave. Sounds like most of my relationships. But I'm <laughs> um, the, the first sighting ever in print in the United States was in 1958. Uh. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. City Council Member Frank Baker, definitely staying current with the times. <laughs> Um, shout out to Frank George, researcher underground, to look into the origin wow. of that. Is that your favorite. dad? That is my father. Oh man, yes. your dad's the best. I wish my family did research for me. We actually got the link to the cruise ship full of poop, by the oh, way. Oh, somebody did that. Yeah, too? yeah, that is in the. Wow. Uh, yeah, my buddy Zach, that's in the. Uh, in, it was. Uh, here's a yeah, link out there. Google <laughs> yeah. We got listeners. We don't have the phone lines open, but I don't know if we have time. Um, no, I was gonna say Carnival I'm... Triumph. Okay, good. We won't it was started. Carnival. So, yeah, Norwegian cruise ship, sponsor us. We'll just, like, we'll Thanks. mention your enemies, your competition, every show. Just yeah. put Lauren and I on a cruise. We'll podcast live. Yeah. That'd be great. Sounds good. Right? Yeah, I would, I would podcast from a cruise, but it'd have to be a gay cruise. Well, apparently, because they're more hygienic. Yeah, I don't trust the straight ones. Okay. <laughs> Not after um, that. It's like, the movie, what's that Cuba Gooden Jr. movie with, like, Eva Mendes? I think it was, like, Boat Trip or something like that, where he, he actually pretended. Like, That's not a that movie. That sounds great. No, I swear. I, no, no, <laughs> that no. That sounds awesome. No, no, no. This was an actual movie. It was, like, a really, like, terrible movie. But it, he was in there. He pretended like he was a, he was a gay guy the entire time on a gay cruise just to get with her. Evan. I yeah. think I think we found our field threat. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, I just I love the trajectory of this conversation so far. We've gone from like Wine, right in housing development. Yeah. Wine appeared in and my now hands. Is boat trip a it's real movie? I have to look it up. I can't remember if that's the name. It of is. It is boat trip. I, just just, it I, I saw it on computer. Yeah. It looks, it looks awesome. It looks awesome. Yeah. So. I had it on a a non. I'm not going to go there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably for the best. Yeah. Um, it's okay. That's how I get all my content. Too. i got to say, this is kind of a very high bar for our first live interview. Because we hit a large spectrum of topics. Yeah, but it was fun. Plus, we, Lee's yeah. the guest of honor. Yes. Because, like, we, you know, have a history. And I, you know, seeing his campaign and seeing... Liz's win, but Lee's still kind of won because now he's policy director and everything works out and everybody's friends and I live there and it's going to be great. And yeah. then to have you on the show, I really appreciate it. Just hanging out and talking about boat trips and talking about house, affordable housing. That's that's what we do here. Is there anything else you are dying to get to today? I'm no, I'm not. We're going to save the MBTA breakdown. Um, the general manager had an interview recently, which I found very objectionable, but that's going to be a much larger conversation yeah. on the MBTA. And then next... Million. Yeah, that's... <laughs> um, and then... Luckily, everyone is taking a break. I'm almost, I'm done with socialism in 2019. As a, <laughs> I, I might blow off a meeting that I'm supposed to go to on Wednesday. Mm -hmm. because, because everyone takes the holidays off. Yeah. So We're not taking next week off. Oh, no, we're not we taking We have a off. special blowout episode. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, we have a WEMF Miss special. We got Ben Simon. We uh -oh. got Sophia Bell. We got uh, callers from that have moved away. All the people from the old space that was kind of like this space um, from you EMF. Go, you might be kicking me out of that episode, right? No, you can hang out like Oompa and Amanda. Oh, nice. I want you here. All right, I get to be the Oompa in the corner. You hung out with, like, the same crew at you the holiday right. party, so it's You're okay. just all right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, God, my Uber driver won't leave. <laughs> um, so because everyone's taking the holidays off, and I hope if you're listening, happy holidays. Hashtag war on Christmas. Yeah. Happy holidays. Um, I don't have plugs. Besides, we already mentioned... Go to the graduate student union uh, strike. Keep supporting them. And yeah. Tune in next week. And also keep following the Weymouth Compressor Station. Uh, there's been a lot of arrests. We'll, maybe for the EMF radio, I'll call in in the corner. But I think they've arrested over 10 people now. It's been like every wow. day. It's been every single day they get out there. It's really admirable. So um, if, if you have the time in the next two weeks, I know because my meetings are going to get canceled, I get to spend more time on the picket line. So I'll be going to... Uh, the Harvard Graduate Student Union is along with uh, Weymouth. Just check the Facebook. I'll try to post any events. So follow us, like us on Facebook. Email us your horror rental stories over the holidays in case anything happens. Um, Lee, you got anything else? Uh, wrap up? Anything to plug? Anything you want to shout out? Uh, so, yeah. Um, definitely, if you're interested in learning uh, on some uh, Austin Brighton related items, definitely you can follow me on Twitter at NaveWave AB. The Nave Wave. Never I'm also does. that on Facebook and I think Instagram, but don't follow me on Instagram. <laughs> I don't really like take photos of myself. I'm a terrible Instagram model, so um, <laughs> your Instagram is better than our Instagram. Uh, yeah. <laughs> You're in charge of all social media. I, uh, I can't do any of that stuff. I, I think after I turned 30, I just got bad at social media. It was yeah. weird. It was just like this automatic thing. I used to be great, and then just boom. If you are listening and would like to intern with Wrenches Radio <laughs> as a social media operative, oh, it's gosh, a great way to start. You, uh, we can't pay you. But I can pay you in beer. I will. I will throw beer down for that cause. I need to check on my Bebo page and my MySpace page. Your oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> gotta clean that up. Clean that up. <laughs> oh man, take down those old dating profiles. Yeah, yeah. Make sure nobody digs those up. <laughs> yeah. Um, That's so, awesome. No thank events. No plugs. No, no. Thank oh. you for coming in. Hey, uh, inauguration, January sixth. Yeah. The most progressive city council of all time. Yeah. Will be diverse. going into Boston. Progressive. Yeah. Uh, so inauguration January sixth. Uh, definitely try to come out for that. We don't know the exact location yet. What day of the week is that? I think it's Monday. Oh, we see. We won't be here Monday because we are. We actually, yeah. So we're doing a show next week. Uh -huh. WEMF special. Herb's taking a, a much needed vacation down to some kind of gamer thing in Enjoy. DC. I'm gonna be working a little bit though. Oh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah, he's doing some stuff, and uh, we'll be taking a week off. We might make some special content. Maybe we should check out an open house and post it that day. Land oh, right. Yeah, let's do a live stream. It'll yeah, be fun. that'd be awesome. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, and, you know, more. You know, maybe we'll I'll go pretend on... I'm, you know, like uh, a linebacker or something. Yeah, like right, right. Linebacker right. for the Patriots. Yeah. I'll put yeah. on glasses and be, like, some kind of, like, managerial team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. I think me posing as a hockey player is probably going to be the best. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, put it in one of those things where it makes it seem like you're missing some teeth, you know? <laughs> yeah, right. But, uh, yeah, definitely thank you for coming in. I mean, in some ways, without you, at least I wouldn't be sitting here. Lauren may have found a better co-host. 
Yo, Evan, I'm so glad I found you. Exactly. But hey, all, the, all thanks to the Nave Wave. Yeah, that, yeah. Uh, it yeah. all took one conversation at Casa Cana and Casa Cana. then me being like, hey, you want to do a podcast? And he's like, yes. <laughs> oh, please let me talk about politics. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> please, please yeah. let me know it. So, um, awesome. Yeah. Um, do we have any an, an exit song? Anything queued up? With the uh, producer <laughs> laughing? Yes, I got something. All right. All right. <laughs> Set us up, her. Herb is dying laughing right now. <laughs> Barely composing himself. Alright, here we go. <laughs> Alright. Okay. Are we still live? No. Alright. <laughs>